Seven Promotion Strategies for Current Events Podcasts. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 309. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch and improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. In my last episode of the Audacity to Podcast, number 308, I shared six ways to make your content live longer, which was very much focused on timeless content. But not all of us have podcasts that we can call timeless content. Some podcasts will be about current events, and those could include fan shows, and they might not be able to have a long life. But you can still use them to promote and grow your audience, even though they don't have that long life. A current events podcast could be something that covers news, politics, sports, TV shows, movies, books, music, and all kinds of things like that. Essentially, anything that has a scheduled release and isn't as popular after that scheduled release has passed. That could be a very short amount of time, like a few days, or it could be a little bit longer, like maybe a few months. But I'm not talking about content that's maybe years that passes before it's no longer relevant. That's more timeless content when we're talking in terms of years. So if you do have timeless content, go back to episode 308 to learn how to make that content continue to live longer. But if you have more timely content, that's based on current events of some sort, then these seven strategies will be for you. But speaking of current events, and before I get into the strategies in this episode, you may have heard the recent news from Apple announced at WWDC about upcoming iOS updates and macOS updates, but especially about upcoming updates specifically for podcasters and podcast consumers. I'll talk more about that in the next episode of the Audacity to Podcast because I wanted to keep my promise and bring you this information for this week. And I'll dig into more details about what's coming in this change, both for members of Podcaster Society for a private webinar and in my next episode of the Audacity to Podcast, I'll bring you an overview and some of my thoughts on the upcoming changes. But for this episode, I'll keep that promise to help you focus on growing your audience, even if you have a current events-based podcast. Here's an overview of the strategies I'll share. Number one, build reputation in related communities. Number two, participate live. Number three, live stream after the event. Number four, align publishing with the event schedule. Number five, account for other time zones. Number six, promote quickly. And number seven, watch for timely opportunities. If you'd like to follow along in the show notes for episode 309, then go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash promote current. Let's dig into this in more detail. And when I refer to the event or the events, that is whatever that thing you're podcasting about. That could be the release of a movie, the release of a book, the release of a TV show. It could be a particular sports game, a particular news event or events from a news or political association, something like that that's recurring in some way. And that's what your podcast is around, some kind of released timely event. So digging into this deeper, number one, build reputation in related communities. 
many timely things have fan communities all over the internet. That could be in Facebook groups, Reddit subreddits, Google Plus communities, or whatever the latest social network is, probably has some place where mutual fans of something can get together. And there could be dozens or maybe even hundreds of these communities all about the same thing. So don't get too frustrated when you discover that there are so many. These could each present their own opportunity. And it's very likely that your ideal audience hangs out in these communities and they may, big emphasis there, may be interested in your podcast. Yes, they're interested in the subject, but they may or may not be interested in your podcast on that subject. And that goes to whether they even like podcasts or whether they like you and your perspective. But with all of these communities, please don't see these as opportunities for you to go in and start spamming them with your self-promotion. That will get you quickly banned from those communities and your post probably deleted and then no one will have seen your post about your podcast so you've wasted your time. Instead, pick up a couple or a few places where you can participate in the community. Post questions, share answers, comment on things, become an active contributing member of that community. Then, when it's relevant and appropriate, you may find opportunities to share an episode of your podcast. Here are a few specific ideas you could use. Idea one, when someone posts a question, respond with an answer in your comment so you're giving value first. You're not simply saying, oh, listen to my podcast about that. But you answer in some way, you give value, and then you could link to a relevant podcast episode for more information, such as saying, I covered that in a lot more detail in this episode, or here's the quick tip, but if you want more information, definitely go listen to this episode. Idea number two, if you don't already have relevant content for that topic, you could incorporate that person's thought in an episode and then share it with them. And the person might take that as a huge compliment to see, whoa, you just made an episode either all about what I said or all for me. And be careful with that. Always do that kind of thing with deep respect. Don't take that as an opportunity to criticize them or criticize that thought. Use it as an opportunity to be positive, to uplift that person whom you're reaching out to because that could become not only a potential listener to your podcast, but they could also become a potential ambassador or an evangelist for your podcast, a huge fan who would want to start sharing your podcast in that community. And that leads into idea number three. If you spot your existing audience members in the community, ask them to become evangelists for you to share your podcast episodes because they're probably already in the community participating. They already have reputation. Maybe you don't have the time to participate enough to really build up your reputation in that community. But they do, and they're fans of your podcast, so you could ask them, hey, would you consider, just whenever you feel like it, posting an episode of my podcast in the community or sharing it if you think it's a good episode? I'd really appreciate it. Maybe the other members would too, and it looks a lot better than if I'm always sharing my latest episode. But do emphasize that they don't have to share every single episode. Then it seems like they're just your minion doing your bidding. But they could share the ones that stand out the most or that the community would most likely enjoy based on how they feel the community is responding to that source content, the event at that time. And idea number four, when you have something special that truly appeals to everyone in the community, 
You could ask the moderators for permission for you to share it, or they may even be willing to share it for you. And I do mean it's something extra special, not every single episode of your podcast, but something super, something that's unique, something different, something that's really important for everyone in that community to hear, or maybe everyone in that community would be very interested in. Maybe it's some late-breaking news that no one else has covered yet, and so you're sharing it there or anything else like that. These can be opportunities for you to share something that's relevant and valuable, even though it is your own content. You don't do this very often. And again, this is not simply your latest episode. It's some very special episode from you. And it needs to truly appeal to that community. For example, I see often in podcasting communities. So these are communities of podcasters where they're talking about podcasting. People will come in and they'll start spamming with the latest episodes of their podcasts thinking, hey, these are other podcasters. It makes total sense for these other podcasters to want to subscribe to my podcast. No, sorry, it doesn't actually make sense. Other podcasters are your peers. They're not your audience. There are some cases where that's different. Like, for example, in my own case, I have a podcast about podcasting. So my fellow podcasters are both my peers and my potential audience. But even then, although I have some justification to post latest episodes in these communities, I don't really have the right to do that. It's not my community. It's someone else's community. And I don't need to be going in there and posting the latest episodes of the Audacity to Podcast. If I started doing that, then it would only be fair if all of the other podcasts about podcasting also posted their latest episodes. And many of them are really good, some maybe not so good, but it could very quickly become a community where it's just a, uh, an archive of all of the latest podcasts about podcasting. And that's not what they want that community Remember, community to be about. It's not merely a feed of all of these podcasts. So from my own perspective, when I look at these podcasting communities where, yes, my ideal audience is in there, I very rarely now share one of my latest episodes unless it's something really, really important people need to know that I feel like this needs to be shouted from the mountaintops. Everyone does absolutely need to know this. I'm not simply trying to build my audience. I'm concerned about other people. They need to know this information. Even if they don't listen to it from me, they need to know this information. There's also the chance that you're already known and already subscribed to by many people in that community, such as may be the case for me in podcasting communities on Facebook or Reddit or different places like that. I know not everyone in there subscribes to my podcast or knows who I am, and I don't try and leverage that to say, hey, don't you know who I am or anything like that. So don't always see these communities as opportunities for you to steal audience members. See them as opportunities to build relationships. And every now and then, there might be an opportunity for you to share something that's so important, everyone would be interested in it. Idea number five, find the extremely active community members and invite them onto your podcast either as a guest for a whole episode, or you could suggest that they submit a segment or submit feedback to your podcast. And you might want to go back to my episode 304, how to get good audio from your podcast guests, if that's much of a concern. Idea number six, if you're allowed an introductory post, take advantage of that. Be human, introduce yourself first, 
And you can also use that as an opportunity to tell others about your podcast and give them links to your podcast. That's if you're allowed to do that and there might be an appropriate place to do that. Idea number seven, ensure your personal profile and signature, if that's applicable, contain something about your podcast, whether that's a link, the name of your podcast. Don't get spammy here either to say, subscribe to the such and such podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play Music, on Android, and all of these other links. You could simply say, host of such and such podcast or something like that, or include your tagline or description of your podcast that's hyperlinked to your website. And idea number eight, share relevant content no one else has shared yet, and that's not your own content. (gasps) Yes, that means share someone else's content. I know that seems so horrible when you're trying to build your own audience, but what's more important is to build your own reputation and to give value. So if you are sharing other people's content, then when you share your own every now and then, when it's relevant and appropriate, then people will know you value sharing value more than you value growing your audience. So that's all. Number one, build reputation in related communities. Number two, participate live. Anything that's live broadcast, either simultaneously or time shifted across time zones in the country, anything like that could give you great opportunity to connect with other fans participating in that live event or watching it or whatever that event is, there's some part of it all together across the nation, maybe even across the world. So find the official hashtag and participate on Twitter. To make it even easier to monitor and join the conversation, use a tool like tchat.io or tweetchat. And I have links to both of these in the show notes at the audacitypodcast.com slash promote current. These will let you see all of those hashtagged tweets in real time, and then you can respond or post a new tweet with that hashtag automatically added. It's a great way to follow the conversation from those events. Even if you can't be at an event, like Podcast Movement, for example, has the hashtag PM and then the final two digits of the current year. So for this year, 2017, the official hashtag will be PM17. So if you're at home and unable to attend Podcast Movement, then you could get on T-Chat or TweetChat and watch all of the tweets coming from hashtag PM17 and you can start to see what kind of content is being shared, what are people getting excited about, and participate in that conversation in some ways. It's also great when you're there at the event that if you have your laptop or mobile device and you want to share or participate in that conversation that's happening during the event, this can be a great way to do it. And by the way, If you don't have your ticket yet for podcast movement, use the promo code NOODLE and you'll save 10% on your ticket when you sign up over at podcastmovement.com. And that applies to any of those tickets. But if you're a member of Podcaster Society, don't use that promo code. Use the one I've provided that gives you an exclusive extra discount on podcast movement. I'd love to see you there, by the way. If you're coming, it'd be great. Even if you can't be there, you can monitor the hashtag with PM17. But you can do that same kind of thing also with whatever that current event is that you podcast about. Monitor the global conversation about it and participate in it. If you already have an audience, you could even host your own chat during the event. 
that could be powered by your own hashtag and using something like T-Chat or TweetChat, or it could be a chat room embedded on your own slash live page on your website using something like Chatwing, Chatango, FlyZoo, Chatroll. These are all good chat rooms that you can embed on your site, and they come at varying price levels or even free options. And that can be a great way to build community and to leverage that live event to grow your audience. And you can tell people, hey, are you watching this thing live right now? Come join us in the chat room. And then in that chat room, you can mention things about the podcast or remind them or on that chat page. And this is why I like to promote your own live page on your own website is that on that page, you could have a banner that says something like, subscribe to the podcast or promotes the podcast in some way. So you don't have to try and do that during the chat. Simply being there is promoting it for you. And this is especially easy when that event is simultaneously broadcast across multiple time zones, either nationwide or even worldwide, such as with sports or major news events. But if that live broadcast is shifted with each time zone, then you need to always be clear what time zone your live participation is in. And due to broadcasting schedules, Eastern and Central usually broadcast together and might then have the most audience for participating in a live event. I'll talk more about some time zone considerations later on in this episode. So that's number two, participate live. Number three, live stream after the event. Doing anything live during the event you podcast about could be too distracting for you or for your audience. So you may get more participation by hosting a live after show. And I recommend that that be no more than 15 minutes after the event. 15 minutes is probably enough time for you and your audience to make that transition. Maybe they need to move over to their computer or log into your website. You certainly need to move over to that kind of stuff. Turn on your equipment if it's not already on and get ready to live broadcast or whatever your live kind of after show is. And this can be a great time to share your initial reactions to that live event, or it could be to incorporate instant feedback from your audience, maybe even have a live call-in number, or you could set up the conversation that will happen later in the week and ask those questions you want your audience to answer. As with participating live, a live after show may reach the most people if you host it from Eastern or central time zones for national broadcast because of the way broadcasting works in the United States where eastern and central time zones often get the same shows at the exact same time. It's especially good to live farther east for such events because you might be able to record and publish your after show before people farther west even finish watching it. Then your episode is already available when the event is over in their time zone. That was a big priority for me with our initial reactions podcast for the TV show Once Upon a Time is that I wanted to ensure that episode was available so that by the time people in California, for example, finished watching the TV show, our podcast episode was sitting there in their podcast apps already downloaded and waiting for them to simply press play, which they could do then immediately after they watch the TV show. That's number three, live stream after the event. Number four, Align publishing with the event schedule. Publishing quickly and consistently are the most important things you can do with a current events-based podcast. But if you want to incorporate audience feedback, then you need to allow enough time for your audience to watch and send their feedback to your podcast. It is possible to wait too long 
If you publish your episode too close to the next event, then your audience may not have enough time to listen to or watch that podcast episode before the next event is public. Even worse, you could sound dumb if your theories are proven wrong, your predictions or hopes or anything like that could sound ridiculous from your audience's perspective because they could be hearing it after they've already seen the next episode or on the day that they're seeing the next episode and then they see the next episode and then they realize how ridiculous some of the things you said were. For weekly events, I recommend publishing between two to four days after the event occurred, which gives your audience then about two to four days to consume your episode before the next live event, like a weekly TV show. If your source events are less frequent, and especially far less frequent, such as with books or movie releases, then you could allow for more time to incorporate the feedback. But you'll still get the best results by publishing as quickly as possible. Because that's when the most interest exists around whatever that thing is. When it's fresh on everyone's mind, you want to leverage that level of interest. So that's why you should try to align your publishing with the event schedule. And that's number four. Number five, account for other time zones. Whenever you do anything on a schedule with your audience, try to accommodate different time zones as reasonably as you possibly can. For example, having a live stream at 7 p.m. Eastern may seem like it's a great time and may work good for you and for some of your audience, but it may conflict with people still at work when it's 4 p.m. Pacific time. Or a 10 p.m. Pacific broadcast is 1 a.m. Eastern. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do anything at those times, only that you should be aware of how such choices may limit your audience's participation during those times. So you might want to try and account for people in different time zones or simply know that your decisions mean people in those other time zones won't be able to participate. Eastern and Central Time seem to be the best places to host a TV show fan podcast from because of how most TV shows broadcast to both of those time zones simultaneously instead of time shifted with all of the other time zones. And that's why you see many TV shows say, that they'll be on something like 8 slash 7 Central. Why does Central get so much attention? It's because they're actually using the same stream as Eastern. So a show is broadcast simultaneously to both of those time zones. And what's really cool about that, especially if you host a podcast within those time zones and you're doing something around the live broadcast on a TV show, then you're also reaching a larger population of the United States. So it's more likely that you could get more of your audience to participate in it with you because Eastern time zone includes a lot of those major coastal cities like Washington, D.C., New York, Boston, all of the cities in Florida. But you're also hitting some of those major inland cities like Atlanta and Nashville, and you're even hitting Cincinnati. But also by covering the central time zone, You're hitting some of those major cities in central time zone, like Dallas, Fort Worth, and other cities in that same time zone. Thus, if your live show coincides with a live TV broadcast, you may get more participation if your live show is based on that eastern and central schedule. You'll reach maybe the most people that way. But of course, if your live event is more localized and it's a West Coast event, then this whole time zone stuff may be completely irrelevant because you really want to appeal to where the majority of your audience are 
if that's possible for you to do. And always include the time zone when you mention a time. You could either use your own local time zone as your own personal standard or consider using Eastern time zone if you're in the United States. The reason for that is because Eastern time is considered the official time in the United States because that's where the United States capital is. It's in Eastern time with Washington, D.C. I'm not a fan of giving multiple time zones because people can look it up themselves if they really need to. And if you give four numbers covering four different time zones, it's then more likely they'll forget the correct one. But if you have an international audience, I do recommend you share the Greenwich Mean Time or GMT offset for your time if you think it's important enough for your international audience to know, which I think it would be for them to know. Unfortunately, Greenwich Mean Time doesn't follow Daylight Saving Time. So if your time shifts with Daylight Saving Time, you'll have to adjust that GMT offset. For example, in Cincinnati, we're on Eastern Time. So Eastern Standard Time, that's EST, is GMT minus 5. And Eastern Daylight Time, or EDT, which is what we have during Daylight Saving Time, is GMT minus 4. So we have to account for Daylight Saving Time when we're giving that GMT offset for our global audience. And lastly, I do recommend that you try to be technically accurate with your time zone abbreviations and if you're speaking the full name of the time zone. EST applies to standard time. It's Eastern Standard Time. The same thing applies to all of the other time zones. Central Standard Time, Mountain Standard Time, Pacific Standard Time, Hawaii Standard Time, and such. But EDT replacing that S with a D in any of those time zones, applies to daylight saving time. So it's Eastern Daylight Time, Central Daylight Time, Pacific Daylight Time, Mountain Daylight Time, Hawaii Daylight Time. I know that can start to get complicated, so if you don't want to mess with DST and GMT and offsets and keeping track with all of that stuff, then simply saying Eastern Time or United States Eastern Time could be enough for your audience. The most important thing is that you do include that time zone so they know what they need to do in order to figure out what the appropriate time is where they are. That's number five, account for other time zones. Number six, promote quickly. Assuming you publish your relevant episode quickly, you also need to promote it quickly. It would also help to promote it for several days following the event, depending on the frequency of that event. In fact, you could create a recurring schedule for promoting your podcast and generating enthusiasm and asking for feedback, and that format could look something like this for a weekly schedule. On the day of the event, you promote your live chat and the after show. One day after, you promote that after show episode. Then two days after, you promote that after show episode and ask for feedback. Three days after, you ask for feedback and promote the upcoming midweek episode. Four days after, you promote the midweek episode. Five days after, you promote the midweek episode and encourage upcoming live participation. And then six days after, or the day before the next event, you encourage upcoming live participation. And as you may notice with this sample schedule I just gave, it's a balance of looking back and looking forward. And yes, this schedule is designed for two episodes per week or semi-weekly publishing, but you can adapt it based on your own schedule so that you're balancing out looking forward and looking back. The closer you get to the next upcoming thing, the more you should look forward to it in the messages you share. 
And the closer you are to that thing having just happened, the more you should look back and promote your episode about that thing. People will care most about your podcast when the subject is already on their minds. So the more quickly you can publish your content about that current event, the more your existing and potential new audience will be interested in your episode about that thing. That's number six, promote quickly. Number seven, watch for timely opportunities. The actual event may not be the only opportunity you have to leverage the audience's energy. So watch for breaking news, birthdays, special releases, or other announcements you can use to create or promote relevant content. Also, the latest event could be connected to something from weeks or months or even years ago. So this could be a great time for you to promote that older content, that content you thought was only timely and would thus expire after not long. Well, it might actually have some timelessness to it after all, if there's some kind of connection to events for today. For example, you might tweet something like, it's been two years since we've seen that character. Here's the episode where we discussed his story and then a link to that older episode. Or happy birthday to that person. This was our favorite conversation about her, and then you link to an episode. Or, the DVD and Blu-ray for this movie are now available. Listen to our original review here, and a link to the episode. Or, maybe it's a movie sequel, so you say, this movie sequel was great. We reviewed it in, there's a link to your current episode. Also, hear what we thought about the original, and then you link back to your review of the original. Even if nothing is happening around the scheduled source content, like the TV show is on hiatus, the sports team is on summer or winter break, or however their schedule works out, you could have some hiatus episodes to feed the fandom, as I like to say. And these could share news, spoilers, hindsight on the past year or past season, hopes or theories for the future, and much more. You then could be a hero to your community for keeping the conversation going when your audience isn't getting new content directly from the source. That's why I like to use the phrase feed the fandom when the actual thing they're fans of is no longer feeding them during a hiatus. That's number seven, watch for timely opportunities. So again, these seven promotion strategies for current events podcasts are number one, build reputation in related communities. Number two, participate live. Number three, live stream after the event. Number four, align publishing with the event schedule. Number five, account for other time zones. Number six, promote quickly. And number seven, watch for timely opportunities. If you have some insight or some things you'd like to add to this list, then please comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash promote current. And while you're there on the show notes for episode 309, I'd love it if you would share this episode out with anyone who you think would benefit from this, and you can also get the links to the past episodes and other resources that I mentioned along the way. That's at theaudacitypodcast.com slash promote content. Thanks to Scott Orr, host of Code 3, that's at code3podcast.com, who wrote this kind review for the Audacity to Podcast in the Apple Podcasts app. He said, the gold standard. I ran into this podcast while I was looking into Audacity compressor settings. I've been podcasting for a while, but I'd figured I'd give this one a listen. I was blown away by the depth of Daniel's information. He offers easy-to-follow instructions on every part of podcasting, and I found that very useful. When I started my current podcast, Code 3, I put into practice many of the techniques and hints that Daniel recommends. I'm still implementing them. With 300 shows, I have yet to hear all the advice he has. I've listened to several other How to Podcast podcasts, 
and this one is clearly the gold standard. Plus, he's a Christian and isn't afraid to say so. Good for you, Daniel, and keep the content coming. Thank you very much, Scott, for that kind review. It's really encouraging to me to know how the Audacity to Podcast is helping you podcast better. So that's why I like to read these reviews, and maybe these can inspire you as a podcaster for things you could look for, or maybe things you hadn't considered, ways that you could improve your own podcast. And the way I like to give back for these little reviews are to give a little shout out for the podcast. So Code3Podcast, which is at Code3Podcast.com, has this description in the Apple Podcasts app. The podcast for firefighters. Code3 covers topics of interest to those in the fire service from the retirement pension crisis to the latest techniques and tactics, as well as How We Do It in My Town interviews, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. And it looks like he has a great collection of episodes already accomplishing those goals. So if you're interested in his podcast, check it out at Code3Podcast.com. If you write a review for the Audacity to Podcast in iTunes, make sure you tell me the name of your podcast so I can give it a shout out and a link in the show notes as well, like I did for Scott's podcast. So you can get his link in the show notes if you're interested. And I'd also like to hear how the Audacity to Podcast has helped you. It's certainly nice to read the praise to say things like the Audacity to Podcast is a gold standard, certain things like that. That Yeah, that, my pride certainly appreciates that kind of thing. And what I'd really like to see is what you've been able to apply in your podcast or what kind of change you've seen in your podcast based on things you've learned from the Audacity to Podcast. So if you want the link to write your own review, then go to theaudacitytopodcast.com and click on the iTunes button on the page. And you can use mypodcastreviews.com to get your own global podcast reviews sent to you automatically, just like I do. And it's really nice for me to have that email delivered the morning that I'm planning to record a new episode of the podcast so I can see my latest reviews to thank those people in the episode that I'm about to record. So you can check out that service over at mypodcastreviews.com. I mentioned podcast movement earlier, and I'm really looking forward to this international podcasting conference. Go over to podcastmovement.com and register with promo code NOODLE to save 10% if you haven't already purchased your ticket. I will be presenting over there on how to get and use more podcast reviews. That'll be a lot of fun with some clever strategies and reading some fun reviews too and learning how you can use even your negative reviews as well as your positive reviews. That's at podcastmovement.com and use promo code NOODLE, my affiliate code, to save 10%. And I'd love to see you there. I'll have a booth as well. So even if you can't make it to my session, stop by and say hi at Podcast Movement. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the AudacityToPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.